folks. Again, as Andre has said, it was good to see you with us this morning. And I was enjoying the service there just until Andrew reminded us in the notices that I was speaking here this morning. So uh, if you have your Bible with you this morning, if we turn to Luke's Gospel and chapter 10, and we're going to read that passage of Scripture that reminds us of the story of Mary and Martha. And it's Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read the verses from verse 38 down to the end of the chapter. At verse 42. And it reminds us of Jesus coming and meeting with Mary and Martha in their home. So we'll read God's word just now and then we'll have a look at it. Can I encourage you just when we're finished, if you keep your Bible open, and we'll go down through the verses and we'll refer to the verses just as we go down through the passage uh, as we finish our meeting this morning. Uh, God's word says in Luke 10 and verse 38, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And we trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word this morning. And maybe we're familiar with that old saying that You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And yet, family are such an important part of our lives. And important as they are, sadly, sometimes, at some point, we can end up having words. And some situations can be overreacted to. Some situations can get out of hand. And yet, uh, we can, in some cases, bring about some long-term damage to the family unit. And as family members are all born different, different attitudes, different personalities, different ways of dealing with different problems. And it's probably with some amusement that parents look at their children and watch how differently they look at problems and the different ways that they look at situations. And my own kids are no different. Uh, They too, in many ways, some are cool-headed, some are not so cool. And I'm being diplomatic. And I'll leave that there. But yet here in our scripture reading this morning, Mary and Martha appear to be no different than the rest of our families. They appear so different as this important guest comes to their home to visit. And yet we see two very different welcomes shown. We see two very different actions taken. And we see two very different attitudes expressed. And we see two very different priorities taken as they meet with this guest in the home. And the title this morning for our message is also a question that I want to ask each of us this morning, and that's me included. What is our priority as a Christian? What is our priority as a Christian? You know, these verses in Mary and Martha always are associated with how priorities lie before God. Our priorities are important and more so when we apply God's word to how we prioritize our actions 
and how we prioritize our attitudes to him and to his service. And yet when we come to this passage about priorities, we shouldn't be surprised to find it nestled here between two other famous passages. The passage before speaks about the Good Samaritan in Luke 10 and the verse 37 or 30 down to 37. The passage after the story of Mary and Martha that we have read speaks of Christ's teaching on the Lord's Prayer, and that's in Luke 11, 1 to 4. One deals with our relationship with others, while the other one deals with our relationship before God. One teaches us how to serve, and the other teaches us how to pray. One breaks down the wall that divides cultures, and the other breaks down the wall that divides God and humanity. And I trust this morning, as we spend some time here in Luke's Gospel, we will each, in a personal way, individually, ourselves, find the answer to the question of, are we a Mary or are we a Martha? Seeking God and serving God has that fine line. Both are so important. Both are true. But what is it? Is it adding the practicality to our service as we navigate our prayer time? Is it adding the practicality to our service as we navigate our prayer time. And for the remainder of the time this morning, I just want to look at the following verses as we go down through the chapter and see what we can learn from them. And also to see how the presence of Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha can be a reflection so many times of Jesus in our lives as we walk on the Christian road. We want to look at how Mary and Martha received Jesus, how they used their time with Jesus, and how that can be a reflection on each of us on how we spend our time with Jesus. And the first thing I want you to notice this morning is the personal place. Look back down to verse 38, and it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. How many of us this morning was brought up in a Christian home? Would it be most of us or would it be half of us? And if you spent your childhood in a Christian home, I want to encourage you this morning to count it a great blessing. Count it a great blessing to be brought up in a Christian home. Count it a great blessing to have parents who had Christ Jesus as head of the house. And you know, whenever I was growing up, there was a little wood caravan that sat um, on the fireside and it was like a bit of timber log cut at a real funny angle. You've probably seen them. They were that shape there, sort of cut at, a, at an angle through the tree or through the branch. And it had an, a verse engraved on it. And the words were from Joshua chapter 24 and verse 14. And it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's not a great statement to have in any home in 2023. But as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's hard to believe that in this day and age, there are Christians, perhaps, who would shy away from making that statement about their home. Perhaps there would be those who would even be embarrassed to have, but as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. And maybe they'd be embarrassed because it's not true. They'd have it up in their home whenever they don't act it. A home that holds Christian values, a home that puts God's word first, a home that puts God's work first and a home that puts 
God first. Perhaps so often when we are at the house of the Lord, in the building, we are one person. At church, you're the one who comes across as enthusiastic. At church, you're the one whom nothing is a problem. And at church, you're the one who's always busy in the Lord's work. But when we get home, well, things can slip. Things get relaxed and home can be seen as a personal place. It can be seen as sometimes my place, my private place, a place for me and me only. My home, my place, my privacy. And Colossians 2 and 23 reminds us, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So the whatsoever ye do, well, surely we should be applying that to the wheresoever we go. Church life, home life, work life, family life. Our service should be consistent, whether it be public or private. When we serve the Lord, it should be not for the praise of men. It should not be for the view of men, but for the glory of God. And then there's that old saying, who we are behind closed doors, who we are at home, that is the real me. A question I have asked myself as I thought of this passage this morning, who am I at home? What is the real me? What about you this morning? What does the real you look like this morning? Many, many times as a teenager, I'd have come home at bedtime to find my mum on her knees at her chair in the living room on the floor in prayer. And dad would have been sitting beside her and both would have been praying together. Do you think as I look back now that I don't feel privileged? Of course I feel privileged. Privileged that I had parents who put God first in everything. Privileged to have parents who knew coming to the Lord in prayer was as important in the home as coming to church in prayer. Parents who served the Lord with all they had. Why, Dad said many, many times, all we have, all we own, the Lord has given it to us all. We are just managing it for him. Just like Martha, they made their personal place, their personal home, a place of welcome to Jesus. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about you, young person, this morning? I know it's so easy for you to complain about strict parents. It's perhaps you see it as a chore to come out to the meetings. You see it as a nuisance to have to take part perhaps in family prayer time or family Bible reading time. You find Christian values your parents have as embarrassing. Your friends perhaps make fun of you, try to make little of you. And perhaps they question you. Mom, Dad, perhaps you're saying, well, hold on a wee minute. My home is my personal place. It's my personal space. I do enough. I don't mind doing what needs done in the church, but that's where it stops. I just keep my home just for me and my family. Church is the place for all that other stuff. It's not for me to bring it home. It's like bringing your work home. But you know the old saying, you never know what is going on behind closed doors of the home. And even for me, who I am at home, is it the real me? And as I stopped and asked myself the question, 
Who am I at home? Husbands, have you ever asked yourself that? Wives, have you ever thought of your conversations at home? If the conversations that I have with Kathy was put up on the screen, and for all to listen to this morning, would I be embarrassed? Would I be ashamed? How about your conversations this morning at the home? How much more should we be aware that as Christians, Jesus is present for every conversation? He is ever present in our home. He is present in our personal space, whether we claim it as our personal space or not. Christ is the head of the home, the unseen guest of every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. Friends, this morning, what is your priority as a Christian? One thing we notice about Martha, she wasn't afraid to bring Jesus into her personal place. But I want to see the practical priority that was shown in the, in the personal place. And here we switch from Martha over to Mary. And verse 39 says, And she had a sister, Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And notice it was Martha who received Jesus into the home. But here it is Mary that actually takes time to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him speak. It's Martha who received Jesus in, but it's Mary who has the practical priority to come and spend time with Jesus. What an amazing place to be found. Here is an opportunity for both Mary and Martha to sit at Jesus' feet, for both of them to sit and listen to Jesus and listen to his teachings, just to spend time with him. Mary has made a decision, a decision that has been based on a priority, not only to sit at Jesus' feet, but to hear his word. And what a double blessing to come into the presence of Jesus and hear his words. We have a blessing here this morning to come into God's presence here and sit under the sound of his word. But how many times do we have the opportunity to come to the throne of grace and yet we fail to grasp those opportunities. Do we get our priorities wrong? Hebrews 4 and 16 reminds us, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yet we have prayer meetings after prayer meetings, a perfect opportunity to come and spend time with others and with God in his presence. And yet how do we get it so wrong? Is it because we feel we have no need to come? Is it because we need we don't need the grace of God upon our lives? Do we call the wrong priority? And how easy it is when Wednesday evening comes to complain to ourselves and no one else. I'm too tired. It's easy for it to pile the excuses up. It might go on too long. I might be home too late. I need to get up early in the morning. Sure, there will be enough there without me going. Who would miss me? I'm no good at praying in public. It terrifies me. And yet the excuses continues. Well, do you know what? I have been there. I have piled the excuses up. 
I've sat after my tea on a Wednesday evening and looked at the clock and thought to myself, it's been a long, long time from my alarm clock went this morning. I'm tired, I'm weary, and maybe I'll just not bother going. Well, do you know what? And I'm sure there's others will agree with me here this morning. Those nights that you don't want to go, friends, that's the same Wednesday nights. That is the same night that when you go, you experience the most blessing. That's the same night that when you go, the Bible study is over. Your soul has been blessed beyond measure. Beyond any anticipation you would have as you would travel to the meeting that evening. And yet, blessed beyond measure through hearing his word. Friends, it's a practical priority, a priority that you'd find us sitting at Jesus' feet, hearing his word. The feet of Jesus in Scripture is always regarded as a special place, a special place of thankfulness. Over in Luke 17, we read the story of the ten lepers whom Jesus healed. He sent them away to show themselves to the priest. And yet, verse 15 reminds us, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on on his face at his feet. Friends, we have, have we nothing to be thankful for? Is there nothing that we feel is worthy to come back to God and give him thanks? (coughs) To be found at the feet of Jesus is surely a special place. To be found at the feet of Jesus is surely a precious place and it is somewhere that is essential, somewhere that we need to be found. Philippians 4 and 6 reminds us to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. How can we have a proper walk with the Lord if we don't access and use that great privilege of coming to him in prayer? How can we utilize the help that the Lord has available for us if we don't come to him with our problems? If we don't come to him with our anxieties? We are reminded in James that yet we have not because we ask not. We fail to use our access to God in prayer. Coming to the feet of Jesus in prayer is a place that has been summed up well by the writer J. Lincoln Hall when he wrote those words, sitting at the feet of Jesus, oh, what words I hear him say, happy place, so near, so precious, may it find me there each day. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would look upon the past, for his love has been so gracious, it has won my heart at last. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word, When was the last time you hit the pause button? When was the last time in life you hit the pause button and come to that special place and heard the still small voice of God? Here's one very important thing. If you don't make it happen, life won't let it happen. If you don't make it happen, life won't let it happen. To make time, we each need to take time. Look on the other side of this practical priority. Look back to verse 41, 40 and 41. I want to show you some things that troubled Martha. 
Verse 40 says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Do you see how it starts? Martha, Martha. Again, it's turning away from one back to the other, from Mary back to Martha. It's signaling signaling a, a contrast. It's looking at the other side. And I want you to notice Martha's complaint. I want to see Martha's painful problem. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Martha has busied herself in preparation. She has been preparing for her guests and yet she feels weary. She is maybe what we would call here in Northern Ireland, feeling the pressure. Can you imagine her getting the food ready? Trying to make eye contact with Mary as she comes and goes across the house trying to gain her attention. Martha is stressed doing all this work and yet Mary is just sitting there excited at the feet of Jesus. And in Martha's eyes she's so unconcerned. Martha feels that it's not fair. She feels that Jesus should be pointing the obvious out to Mary. She has got to the point that she can take no more and she's a boiling point and at last she speaks up. Lord, dost thou not care? Have you ever came to the Lord and accused him of not caring? Mary preparing the spiritual, sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha preparing the physical and feeling the pressure of it. And surely this verse hits home to the difficulties we face on our Christian road. This verse resonates with the toils of service in Christian lives. Sometimes the problem is right in front of us and we are so close that we can't even see. Sometimes you've got to take a step back to see that great picture. That old saying that reminds us that we can't see the wood for the trees. We can't see the problem when it's right before us. Do we need to reset our priorities? Are we so busy working for God, serving God, that we forget that we actually need to come and spend time with God. We can serve and serve, and we can serve for God and actually forget that we need him to bless what we're doing. How do we this morning rank our plans of how we serve compared to his plan, why we serve? How do we rank our plans of how we serve compared to his plan of why he, why we should serve. And if I was to ask you an honest question this morning, in all honesty, have you ever felt like a Martha? I want you to take a moment and be honest to yourself and think about it. Have you been cumbered with much serving? Surely in this fast pace of life, one day runs into another, one week runs into another week, And friends, this morning, if you're serving the Lord and you find it cumbersome, if you're serving the Lord and you find yourself weary, 
Friends, you could most likely find that the time you spend serving is more than the time you spend seeking. You could find that your time spent serving, that time spent in the quiet place, that special time at Jesus' feet, is very often, if not every time, our priority is working for the Lord and not seeking before the Lord. Is our priority right or is our priority wrong this morning? We give our time to serve the Lord, but we don't give enough time to be with the Lord. We give our time to serve the Lord, but we don't give enough time to spend with the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 105 reminds us that God says, Thy word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. How can we surely set out on a new day without God's word lighting up our pathway? How can we set out on a new day or a new work or a new service without bringing it first before the Lord and asking for his blessing upon it? The very first book of Psalms, chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. When we get our priorities wrong, when we find our serving outstrips our seeking, we can find our problems outstrip our praise. Our problems mount up before us so, so often that they get so big that they overwhelm us. What about you this morning? You have gone as far as you can go. Have you complained to the Lord? Lord, dost thou not care? You have been faithful in service. You have been faithful in your duty. And now it has got wearisome. The spark that once burned bright is now just barely lit. The zeal and vigor that you once served with has dwindled to something just above being bothered. Do you feel overwhelmed this morning? And you've asked yourself why. Even ask God why. Why has the work that I used to enjoy so much, now it has come to a weary, cumbersome effort of serving? Do we each need to reset our priorities before the Lord? And just being like just like being at the doctors, look down to verse forty one, and we will see the patient's prognosis. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. And I think this is lovely as you look down the chapter and you come to this verse. Do you think Jesus was sharp with her? Do you think Jesus was critical to her? Martha, Martha, had he noticed her pouting about the house and was ready to chastise her? Well, I think not. When he spoke to her, Martha, Martha, if we'd have been there to hear the gentleness in his voice, it would have been in his quiet, loving voice, a caring voice, emulating concern for her, and yet he continued, Thou art careful, and troubled about many things. And here's what I think is lovely about this verse. 
Sometimes we find we can find ourselves like Martha. We can too come to that place of accusing the Lord of not caring. Accusing him of no concern for our problems. Accusing him of not caring about our struggles. And yet when we come this morning, we find that there are those times when we feel we are doing everything on our own. We feel isolated. But look what Jesus says as he continues. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. And I want you to notice that little phrase in the middle of that verse. Many things. This is not a guess on Jesus' behalf. Jesus is not speculating here. He knows there are more things troubling Martha than meets the eye. And what Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, I know not only the troubles this evening, but I can number every single one of your troubles. And I know every one of them. Christian friend, this morning, we have one who knows our every heartache. Christian friend, this morning, we have one who knows our many troubles, our every trouble. He knows our every need. When we feel uptight, he knows we, when we feel downtrodden. He knows when we feel tired and weary. He knows when we are careful and troubled about many things. Even if that's at home, helping others or here serving the Lord, we can apply it to both. This morning we have visited Mary and Martha in the personal place. Here we have seen the importance of the practical priority. We have noticed Martha's painful problems. We have looked at Jesus and how he gave his patient prognosis. And then finally, we come to our last point and we tie these few thoughts all together with a perfect pathway. Friends, there is that perfect pathway. If we could only but find it, there is that balance on the Christian road if we could do everything and focus upon it. Look down to verse 42 again and it says, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And as I sat and looked at this verse, I realized something very important. Do you know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say Mary hath chosen the better part. Nor does it say that Mary hath chosen the right part. There is nowhere here that it says that Martha was wrong. There is nowhere here that implies that Martha had made the wrong choice. But what Jesus is saying that sitting around his feet is that good part. What Jesus is saying that sitting around his feet is the important part. And Jesus is saying here is that to serve him, it is expected of us. But sitting around his feet is a much better part. It should come first. Look what Paul writes over in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 12. It says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, that the foundation of Christ Jesus, it's gold, silver, precious stone, hay, wood, and stubble, 
Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The perfect pathway for Martha and for each of us this morning is to take time at the feet of Jesus, not as a must, but as an essential priority. Our seeking should be first, our serving should be second. Jesus said, Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from you. Friends, the question we have asked at the beginning, what is your priority as a Christian? What is my priority as a Christian this morning? And yet Luke reminds us in chapter 2 and verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And sometimes on the Christian road is better explained when we reverse these words, not to add to or take away from God's word. But when we reverse them, it says, for where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And as we bring these few thoughts to a close, I asked you this morning, where is your heart this morning? What do you count as treasure on your Christian road as you walk with God? Is your treasure coming the odd time to church? Is your treasure bypassing the prayer meeting? Is your treasure watching from the sidelines? Friends, that is not a treasure. That is merely hay, wood and stubble. It will not last by the revealing of fire. Why don't you do what Mary done? Take what her priority was. Coming first to Jesus' feet, Jesus said, She hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What is your priority this morning as a Christian? May we be found as a Mary and not a Martha. This morning, may we be found making the right priorities as a Christian on our own Christian road before the time spent for God. Why? Because it is there that you will have chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from you. May we each find that good part, discovering that coming to God first in all things, and only then let us come to serve him, having been in his presence first, setting out in with God's blessing upon us in everything that we do. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. May we as a fellowship and as individuals personally this morning, may we get our priorities right on the Christian road as we walk with our Saviour. I trust the Lord will bless these few thoughts to our hearts this morning as we bring this part of our meeting to a close.